Hey, so this podcast is all about team building. And so I know that you are probably here because you're thinking about hiring or building a team, or maybe you've even started to do so, but still have a lot of questions about how to do it the right way. Growing your team is a huge step. Even if you're just thinking about it, I applaud you. And also, there are a lot of things that you might not even think about that can be absolutely disastrous for a newly growing company if you don't know that you need to be aware in advance. So I created a guidebook for you. It's called The 10 Pitfalls of Growing a Creative Team. And that's gonna help you avoid the things that can wreak havoc on your business if you're not careful. Things that I really wish someone had told me when I first started growing a team. It's a free guidebook, so you can download your copy right now. Just click that link in the top of the episode description, or you can go to hannahbjorndahl.com slash guidebook. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-B-J-O-R ndal.com slash guidebook. Have I ever mentioned that I worked at PacSun, the clothing retail store? Yes, I did. In the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college, I worked at PacSun at my local mall for just one day. Here's what happened, and it's probably not what you're thinking. That summer, I was trying really hard to find opportunities to work on the set of different productions, like major film productions, because that's what I was hoping to do after I graduated. I'd scour the local casting websites for extra opportunities, like being an extra in movies. I talked to friends who had connections to help me get basic production assistant jobs, and I even volunteered to help film online courses for a local college. I was interested in filmmaking and production, and so I was on the lookout for any and all opportunities that could help me get my foot in the door in that industry. Now, this wasn't reliable, regular work, and a lot of it was also unpaid, so I decided to also look into getting a job at the Beaver Valley Mall, which was not far from where I lived, to make a little extra money and fill my empty days. So I applied at the beginning of the summer and did like a really quick interview with them. I can't even remember if it was in person or like on the phone. And the way I remember it, it's been a while now, but the way I remember it, I got a verbal confirmation that I got the job, but it wasn't really official because I still had to fill out a bunch of paperwork and get a training date on the calendar. So all that is happening at like the end of May. I've just left college and come home for the summer And then I wait. Six weeks go by, no official start date. I follow up, I don't hear back. I finally go in person to fill out the paperwork to officially get on their schedule in like mid-July. I honestly don't even remember if I just walked in there and was like, hey, you guys offered me a job and haven't followed up. Or if they gave me a call, I don't know. And so I will go in there, it becomes official, but I don't get put on their schedule until August. And at this point, my plans had changed a little bit. I thought I was going to be going back to school at the end of August, but I can't even remember what it was. But there was some reason that I was only going to be available to work till mid-August, a week or two less than I had initially thought. And so what ended up happening was that I was only going to be available to work one week. Like that very first week I was on the schedule was also going to be my last week. So I communicated this to the manager 
And they still, for some reason, wanted me to come in to work for one single day. Like, basically, a day to be trained and then leave. What I gather is that the manager at the time, who was honestly probably younger than I was at that point, just wanted someone else working until the close so that she didn't have to clean the bathroom. I am not kidding. I cleaned the employee bathroom on my one day working at PacSun, never to return, and that manager was so thrilled that she didn't have to do it. I still remember the look in her eye when she gave me that instruction, and I could tell that she was so happy that someone else was going to be doing the dirty work. It was such a weird experience overall. So bizarre. So why am I even telling this story? Well, first of all, I personally think it's kind of hilarious, and I'm still so confused about literally everything that that situation entailed. Why did I even go in for that one day? Why didn't I look for other places to work all summer? What was up with me cleaning their bathroom? But also, it's an example of what I'm sharing today, and specifically part of what I'm sharing not to do. Here's what I'm talking about. I wasn't the right person for that job. It didn't mean that I didn't have great work ethic, and it didn't mean that I was not able to do a good job. I mean, I wish you could have seen how clean that bathroom was at the end of the night. It just wasn't a good fit because I didn't have the right availability. So in this episode, I'm sharing why hiring the right people led to rapid growth for my company. This is week three in a five-part series about how I doubled my income in two years. And I think you might be a little bit surprised about what I have to say about hiring and how to know who is the right person. Let's get started. You're listening to Team Building for Creative Business Owners, a podcast dedicated to helping you scale your creative business through building a team. I'm your host, Hannah Bjorndahl, owner of Levian Rose, an expert in all things team building in the creative artistic world. Over the past several years, I've gone from being a one woman show to leading a team of amazing people to serve more clients, dramatically increase our business income, and ultimately make a much bigger impact in the world. And I'm passionate about helping you do the same. So let's do it. In case you missed it, for the last few weeks, I have been sharing the five most important steps I took to double my income from the end of 2019 to the end of 2021, two years. Step one was prioritize working on, not in the business. And step two was getting clear on the long-term plan. If you haven't listened to those yet, maybe go back and check them out after listening to this episode, or you can listen to them first. Those episodes are going to give you a more full picture of exactly how I doubled my income in those two years. But this week, we are moving on to step three, which is hire the right people. So there's two things about this step I want to point out and talk about today. The first is hiring, and the next is the right people. Maybe that's obvious, but that's how I'm going to break it down. So first, I want to just talk about how hiring in general was the right choice for me and allowed me to grow really rapidly and also be sustained during the craziness of the pandemic. 
Then I want to talk about the importance of the right people, finding people who fit and actually allow that growth to happen. So let's talk about how both impacted my business. First, hiring. I hired Cassie at the beginning of 2018, and I hired Sarah in mid-2019. Both of them were hired as creatives, so if you listened to that episode a few weeks ago about the different types of people you can hire for your team, these two were hired specifically to be creatives, to be lead photographers to be exact, although they both went through a lot of training before starting to manage their own clients. By the end of 2019, Cassie had a pretty full client load looking forward into 2020, and Sarah had just started to book her first few weddings as lead. We had just launched her as an official um, option for couples. I was also booking myself a pretty full schedule, although I was able to be a little bit more picky about what I said yes to, and I'd also raised my prices. And at that point, I was charging more for my services than my team members were charging And that's actually not how we do it anymore, but that's how it was at the time. So looking into 2020, I was already projecting we'd have a pretty big year. 2019 had been our biggest year up to that point, income-wise, and 2020 was tracking to be, honestly, huge. That obviously shifted a lot as soon as COVID hit, but despite that, we still had a phenomenal year in 2020. So what exactly happened that year in 2020 to still make it a really great year despite the fact that we had so many couples rescheduling or canceling their weddings. A few things. First, we didn't lose clients because we had the capacity to shift and change our schedules around even when clients were rescheduling to the same day. So if I had two clients that both rescheduled to the same day in 2021, I was able to say to that second client, I'm actually not available because I have another couple that chose that date, but someone else on my team is available. And while it's not the same to work with a photographer that you didn't initially plan on working with, this was a much better option to our couples than having to go and find an entirely different photographer or having to change their wedding date again. So this was a huge advantage, and we were really strategic in how we communicated that to our couples to really make it an advantage to them. So basically, we didn't have to slow down on booking new weddings for 2021 because of the reschedule dates. We still had the capacity to shoot up to three weddings in a day, so we weren't having to turn away people like other businesses were. We also successfully rescheduled all but one of over 40 weddings from 2020 to 2021 or 2022. We didn't have to issue a bunch of refunds or deal with a bunch of angry clients. Not only that, but we made sure to be really open with our vendor partners about the fact that we did have a lot of availability. There were three of us. So we started to pick up more business from planners and vendors who figured we'd be easier to book because they knew we had that bigger capacity And we'd be more likely to say yes to them when they asked about our availability. It made their life easier and it allowed us to book more. In a time when planners were pulling their hair out because of constantly shifting dates and difficulty in finding available vendors, we were reliable and we rarely had to say, no, sorry, we're not free. And that maybe sounds like a small thing, but it absolutely built brand trust simply by the fact that we were easier to work with, and that has continued on since then as well. 
We also picked up several client referrals through having this reputation for more availability than most photographers. Like we had other clients that were telling their friends, hey, you changed your date and your photographer is no longer available. Well, I bet mine is because they have a lot of availability. We made a switch to intentionally not triple book any one date in that same time frame. And then we were able to tell our couples that we would always have someone on call for their day, which was a huge selling point because there was a lot of fear around your photographer getting sick and having COVID and not being able to come to the wedding. And I actually think it was even more than that. I think it was just that was a time frame when people started thinking, oh, what happens if my photographer suddenly gets sick or for some reason can't shoot my wedding? What backup do I have? We started getting that question way more and we had a great answer. They could rest assured that someone was always on call. And that was something that most photographers can't say. So we ended up shooting more weddings than ever before in 2021. It was something like 55, 60 weddings total. Despite the fact that many of our couples for 2021 ended up rescheduling to the following year. So that total number was the number of weddings that we actually photographed in that year. So back to hiring and the right people. Hiring meant that we had the ability to scale, to increase our profits, because we could work with more clients total in a time when most people were taking on less clients because of COVID. Hiring also meant that I had the ability to step back a little bit, book less for myself specifically, and that allowed me to think very strategically about how to keep our business growing, how to reach new clients and referral sources, and develop my team members even more. It also forced me to get really organized and clear on who we were as a business so that I could communicate that effectively, which led to more growth because we had more streamlined processes and also better client service. So it was really just this rapid cycle of growing and growing and growing. So it doesn't take a lot to figure out if you have more people working with you and you have more capacity to work with clients, then that could lead to bigger profits. But hopefully you also see that there were those less direct but equally effective things that were happening that helped impact our rapid growth outside of what's most obvious. So that's hiring. But what about the right people? During those two crazy years, I was learning a lot about managing, how to do it better, how to develop team members, how to structure a team in a company that was sustainable and really worked well for everyone. I was getting really excited about that. And I had so much to learn, but I did one thing really well from the start, and that is that I hired the right people. Cassie and Sarah were both all in on being on the Levy and Rose team. Back then, it was Hannah Bjorndal Photography. I had been really clear with both of them about what it would look like to be on my team. I was looking for long-term, loyal team members who had zero interest in starting their own wedding photography companies. In fact, there were certain parameters that they had to agree to upfront that prevented this from even being an option to them. But I was really open and honest about that from the start and wasn't even looking for people that I was worried would try to do that like behind my back. So it really was just a formality to make that parameter official before they signed on. So in the hiring process, I was really honest and open about this specific thing, about who I was looking for, what the right person looked like, because 
I wanted them to be happy with the arrangement. I didn't want any surprises on either end. And I also wanted the type of people who were team-oriented and could get excited about our business, not their own personal development. I actually remember uh, after those two were on the team and we were hiring, I was talking to a few candidates for a new position that opened up, and there were a few people that were just really impressive individuals. There was one in particular who was super smart, she was driven, a go-getter, and she was really excited about shooting weddings. I could tell she had the personality to be a great wedding photographer. She didn't have any experience, but she had that passion and excitement to learn. But when I asked more probing questions, I could tell that she was specifically looking to learn and then leave. She wasn't excited about Levy and Rose. She was excited about her own career journey and what she could get out of us before making her next life change. Because I was really clear on the job listing, I didn't necessarily think it would be a concern that I would have to re-communicate to our candidates that this was an exclusive position. They couldn't work for another wedding photography business or start their own business. What I discovered was there were some people that were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like, they actually weren't a good fit, but this was the best opportunity that they had seen, so they were trying to make it work for them. But by asking more in-depth questions and really listening to what the outlook for their life looked like, what they were excited about, and where their life was headed, I started to get the picture that this really wasn't a good fit. They were wishing it was, but it really wasn't a good fit for either of us. Knowing that part of team members being the right people meant having a certain attitude and outlook on their career, their involvement with our company, and their own dreams for the future saved me from having to deal with my team members leaving or even competing against me in a time that would have been really difficult for our company but maybe would have been really desirable for a team member if they'd been the wrong person, like if the end goal had been leaving and starting their own company. So the right people look like people who are aligned with your company's core values and have a personality that fits the position, people that have goals and dreams that are aligned with the position that's available at your company that they're applying for, people who are excited to be a part of your company and contribute long-term, they're excited to see how your business grows and want to contribute to that, and they have no conflicting or competing interests like starting their own business. And also, they are people that have the right availability and life stage that works. Just like PacSun wasn't a good fit for me, solely because my availability did not line up with when they had me starting to work there, Sometimes a bad fit is simply someone who isn't actually available or able to work at the times you need or is planning on leaving soon after starting. I'm confident that if Backson had asked me about my future plans, like the fact that I was in college somewhere else and would be returning to college that fall, they might not have hired me. It was kind of a waste. But they didn't ask those questions when I interviewed, and I was a kind of clueless 20-year-old who didn't think to share that, or maybe I just didn't know what the situation would be. And I think PacSun is just fine. They survived me only working there one day, but it was pretty inconvenient to train someone who was never coming back. But back to 2020 and 2021, by having the right people on my team, 
I didn't have to deal with the massive headache of finding someone new or communicating to our clients that someone different was going to be shooting their wedding suddenly because we had a team member leave or dealing with the brand and reputation fallout of having a team member just up and leave or worse, start their own business competing against you. Now, of course, I know that someone on my team might at some point leave their job with me. Life and careers change. But the intentionality of choosing the right people from the start and communicating clearly and regularly about life goals and career goals has made it so much easier to plan and grow. In 2021, I knew Cassie and Sarah had full and exclusive availability to the company. I wasn't competing with other photographers that they were freelancing for, for their time or schedule. I didn't have to wait on their responses for which weekends were free and which weren't. We were all a part of the same team, were unified, and they were both all in on helping the company book up and grow. There are so many other benefits to having the right people, but what I really wanted to focus on for this episode, because I think it's so important, is making sure you are on the same page with the people you bring in to your team. Do you want the same things for their career as they want? Are they clear on how they can contribute, grow, and develop on your team? Are they aware of the things you don't want them to be doing? Are they committed long-term? Are they excited about being a part of something bigger than just growing their individual career? Maybe it sounds too good to be true to find someone like this, but I really think you'd be surprised. And I want to share a little bit more about how you can take some action steps now to hire the right people. So first, you want to attract the right candidates to apply. I approach hiring a lot like I approach marketing for our business and finding ideal clients. You should be looking to attract ideal candidates. So be honest and straightforward from the start about who you are and are not looking for. I remember being worried that some of the things I listed in my job posting, like the fact that the position was exclusive so our team members can only shoot weddings for Levy and Rose, I was concerned that maybe I'd be losing a few good candidates from the start, but like maybe if I left that out, I could just get them in the door and then help them understand why we do it that way and maybe they'd change their mind. There were a lot of little things like this that I had fears about, like If I was too specific about what we were and were not looking for, would we even get anyone to apply? And again, this is really the same issue as marketing to your ideal client. You have to detract some to attract the right ones, the best ones. So first, make sure you are super specific with yourself about who the right person is, and then be really upfront and clear about exactly who you're looking for. Next, Be picky when you interview. I actually have a full podcast episode about how to hire the right people. It's episode 91, and it's linked in the description for this episode. I've got a bunch of interview tips within that episode. But the bottom line is that you want to really get to know about a potential hire as thoroughly as possible. Ask those probing questions and look for things that make them the right person before offering the job. And finally, keep those right people at your company by making your company a great place to work. You want to have a great company culture that makes it desirable to stay long-term. And there's a lot that goes into this, but if you're just at the beginning of developing or considering how to create an amazing team culture, 
start by just considering why a potential candidate or team member, the right person, would want to stay. What would make their job really desirable? Formulate a short list of the best perks. And just to kind of give you a hint, it's not all about the money. That's not typically what really draws people in. And then start finding ways to weave this into your business. So a quick example for you. I started to think more seriously about team culture in that 2021 year. I wanted the job to be more than just a job. I had initially brought people in based off of the excitement of doing something creative and being a part of wedding days, but I wanted the job to be more than just that. I wanted our company to be a community. So I decided a primary way that I could do this was literally to have us gather together in person and online more regularly. And here's what became a part of our calendar. A weekly team meeting where we would share stories about our weddings the weekend before, among many other things. A quarterly team hangout, so four times a year, paid for by the company, doing something fun and totally not work-related. So this year, we're still doing all of these things. And this year, that looked like a Valentine's Day party that was specifically planned and executed by one of the people on our team. And it included making our own flower arrangements. And it was amazing. And also going to afternoon tea at the cutest spot in Old Town Alexandria, if you're familiar with DC. Um, That's where we were. We all got dressed up. It was so much fun. We also have one-on-one meetings between myself and each team member, which often include a general catch-up and asking about how life is. And then we have an annual team retreat that is mostly fun with just a little bit of brainstorming and group sharing about how we can make the company better. So this year, our team retreat was in Naples, Florida. It was in the winter, so we got to escape the cold, and it was so much fun. And from these fun activities, we've become closer and there's now an excitement around hanging out outside of these events. It's really felt very rewarding to see how we've grown together and also built individual relationships. It's definitely strengthened the bond and connection to the company too. So consider the perks to working at your business. And this can be fun, so make it fun. Start small and keep adding in little things that make it a special place to work. Over time, this is going to be what makes people stick and want to stick around for a long time. So if you hire the right people, you are scaling your business in a sustainable and growth-friendly way. It led to massive growth for my company, and I know it can do the same for yours. So that was step three. Come back next week for step four, which is knowing when to pivot. I'll see you then. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to Team Building for Creative Business Owners. I hope you learned something new that you can use to grow and thrive. If you're interested in getting in touch, send me a message at info at hannahbjorndahl.com. Or you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Hannah Bjorndahl. I'll see you back here next week.